Hey, well, welcome back to Discipleship.ca. Today is another uh, interview with uh, a longtime friend that I've got with us today, Trevor Rasavi. Uh, got to know him a long time ago in college. Uh, Trevor and I were, I think we were freshmen together, same year. We were back on the prairies of Saskatchewan, and uh, uh, Trevor was the the basketball guy, while I played soccer uh, team root, and we ended up in the library an awful lot uh, at the same time looking at books. So, uh, pleasure to have you on, Trevor. Why don't you let everybody know who you are and where you are and what you do? Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's good to reconnect. I feel like it's more reconnection than yeah. uh, a long-time connection uh, just in the last couple of months here. Yeah, I'm an associate pastor at a church that's been planted about eight years ago uh, by a friend of mine. Uh, I'm on staff there with uh, responsibilities to preach and to help with adult discipleship and basically fill in the blanks as well as uh, connect with other pastors in our city uh, for the express purposes of building unity and moving the discipleship ball forward, which will eventually, I think, um, it always culminates in more churches planted, but uh, the, the longer I'm doing this, uh, the more I realize we don't have to start from ground zero. We have to first, we have to clean up ground zero and then we can <laughs> dig, then we can dig yeah. a, a base. You know, when, when you think about um, a, a building that's been destroyed, you have to spend a lot of time cleaning everything up before you even begin to rebuild the building. And that's, that's where I feel we are in the process of, of discipleship in our, at least in our city. Um, so, that, that's a little bit about me. I am married to one wife. I have two beautiful daughters, one of them going to Bible school, 10 clicks. About that, yeah. Steve is, Steve is uh, doing this. He's actually, our children are going to college together at this point. Or yeah, two, ish. yeah two, two of them are. I, I, uh, I have the privilege of wandering on the campus a fair bit and uh, uh, coaching a soccer team and doing some stuff there. So I do see uh, your daughter every once in a while uh, as I'm cruising through the cafeteria dining hall at uh, mealtimes and that different stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, we kind of lost track of uh, each other as life takes you in different directions. And uh, who knew kids at Bible college was a way to, reconnect with people that you've met for a while um so your journey has has been uh for the last uh good chunk of time has been a lot of um church planting a lot of uh urban center work a lot of um discipleship and pastoring um particularly you're in you're in calgary alberta canada um so in all of that and you sit now in a spot where discipleship is something that you work uh, it's it's literally right in the in the title of your job, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, to you and and in your context, what did, like if you were to define discipleship, uh, kind of in a nutshell, like what are you talking about? Well, it's too bad that we have to do this, um, <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can define the same thing. But essentially, it is discipleship is the path of following Jesus in every area of life, which includes everything internally and everything externally. And so 
one of the ways I would describe discipleship is you, you trade in whatever kingdom you are king of and are part of mm-hmm. uh, if for, for the kingship of Jesus and his kingdom, yeah. which is a, a much better kingdom and it's far longer lasting. So discipleship is both the trade in of that, which which kind of explains repentance, but it's also the acceptance of a of a much better kingdom, uh, and, a, and a much better it's a much better run kingdom. And yeah. So uh, when when I I like that description because a kingdom it factors in all of your life. It doesn't just factor in a particular aspect of your life. It factors in your life, where you live, what you do, who you're with, who you're married yep. to, what your kids are like. So mm-hmm. that for me has been more helpful uh, to describe because it 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 makes sense uh, in that sense. Um, but there's that's just one of the ways to define pretty much just following Jesus. Yeah. So so in your world and you as you work through it with people, you're looking at drawing all the aspects of life together under the headship and lordship of Christ. Um, you know digging into those dark and ugly corners that oftentimes in churches, because we just want to be nice to each other. We don't, we don't dig into those because it's easier to kind of, you know, leave those spots alone uh, with each other. And we don't always dig right into them Um, in that, you know, in in your, in your first little bit, you talked about uh, it, the ground zero cleaning things up. Um, What do you see like in, in, in your, uh, work with people, work with churches, what do you see as being the biggest things that we've got to tear down to build back towards that? Going off script here, it wasn't one of the questions. Yeah. No, that's, I, I think that's a great question. Um, sometimes it's hard to tell, but I, I would say because discipleship became something that was on a pastor's job description, yeah. like, um, we wherever we went off there is kind of wherever we went off script. So it, it's it's always a little bit different. Like very few churches would say, "No, we're not about discipleship." Almost everyone would say, "Yeah, yeah, totally, we're about discipleship." Yeah. But but practically speaking, that works itself in in various ways. Um, so it, it's more like what pragmatically, where have we got? off the rails. I don't think it's a philosophical thing. I don't think people are not understanding that discipleship is following Jesus. I think that's actually fairly clear. Yeah. Um, even, even from some of the heretical churches, like they understand like a pathway and growing and, and following someone and following the leader Jesus. I mean, that's the first clue is if you don't mention Jesus, there's a good chance you're not following him. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so it's a surprise, but it's surprising how many churches do you just not, you know, you don't even hear the name Jesus or King Jesus or something along that lines. So cleaning up, I think part of the cleanup has to come from what I would say is a full-time ministry is we have to, uh, well, a- as an aside, it's like part of the cleanup is just redefining everything. Yeah. So going back through <laughs> The, you know, most of dealing with culture is going back to an original definition. So we're kind of going off a baseline. So when someone says the word phobia in our, you know, modern culture, 
what we mean is actually quite different. So we can't really talk very well. We can't understand each other if you're using phobia in a different way than I'm using phobia. Right. Um, and so part of it is just redefining things like pastor. And so why I say pastor is that pastors are doing too much discipling. Right. They're not doing enough equipping. Yeah. And so uh, eventually people say, well, I guess it's not my job to disciple because the pastor's doing it all or he does it, does it better or she does it better. Yeah. And so part of it is just redefining everyone's involved in the process of discipleship. Yeah. And yeah. so even today I was having a chat, you know, we got, we've got to do something for our people to help them with discipleship. And I somewhat made the argument, actually, I think what we need to do is start providing more opportunities to serve because that's actually the next step of discipleship. Yep. And so yep. part of it is part of the cleanup is we're so consumer oriented. I don't think there's enough places where we realize we're actually still feeding people. We're still cutting up their meat into small pieces and in some ways chewing it for them and trying to digest it for them. And so one of the things that occurred to me, Steve, was like we use words in the church. We use the word shepherd a lot or pastor, which is where that's the word shepherd comes from. But I said, why don't we use this all the way? Like a lot of pastors, we're, we're missing this idea of being shepherding. And they're saying, oh, shepherding. So that means I go... Uh, you know, I'm not even sure if they know the, the metaphor very well or not. I, I grew up on a farm, so I, I understand a little bit animal husbandry. But yeah. I do know this. Farmers don't reproduce animals. Animals reproduce animals. Yeah. Farmers provide the atmosphere for animals to reproduce properly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, that simple. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean. What we've done. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I grew up on a farm too. And, and uh, uh I mean, I learned so much about shepherding because the farm next to us had sheep. So right. when you when you can watch somebody deal with four or five hundred sheep, you start right. to learn. You start to learn like, yeah, they do walk into bushes and get stuck there. They do wander off like unexplicably into ridiculous places. And and uh, but yeah, that breaking it down and just going, you know. Animals make animals. Sheep make sheep, right? That's sheep. Uh, sheep make sheep. Yeah, it's shepherds no don't make sheep. Shepherds take care of sheep yeah. that make yeah. sheep. And so, if what if we just kind of took that metaphor a little bit and said, "That's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be a pastor." If you want me to be pastor, I'm not going to disciple your friends. Yeah, yeah. I might disciple you so that yeah. you can reproduce amongst your friends. Hundred percent. I mean, that's a great thing because I mean, as a pastor, there has been so there have been several times where somebody's like, "Well, my friend needs to hear the gospel, so I brought them to you." I'm right. Like, hold on. Like, you know the gospel because I know that I've told you and taught you the gospel. Now you have mm -hmm. to do that. It's so regaining that uh, communal, um, all the parts of the body working together. You, that's a that's a fundamental piece of this this process right. for you, right? And, and in particular exactly. in the church world, uh, um, okay. Where the rubber hits the road for you, how, what does this look like? Or how has this over time changed, uh, you and your wife's reality of discipleship in your family and your marriage, like personally, how does that mm -hmm. work out in your world? Well, here is, I like, I don't put all the blame on everyone because I know how hard it is when you're, when you're engaged in this, full time uh, thinking through this, it seems 
Sometimes it seems a little bit easier, but it actually means deliberately avoiding doing discipleship where it's actually easy, convenient, or you're perhaps more skilled or gifted at it. So this is why pastors tend to do this, is, is they, they, they tend to, um, when it's not getting done properly, they tend to just take over instead of explaining that this is what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so f- for me personally, um, one of the things that I don't think is helpful for discipleship is to compartmentalize it into an as- a certain aspect. So it's like it's it's in my religious life, my spiritual life, or it's in my intellectual life, or it's in my work life. It's life. Yeah. I really I really think that as you go, uh, definition in the Great Commission is very helpful here. It's not go make disciples. It's as you are going, make disciples. So where am I going? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm making disciples. So that's what it looks like personally for me. So yeah. what am I doing with my wife? Eating? Then I'm thinking about if there's opportunities there. Yeah. It, it's during eating. Uh, if it's going on road trips, then that's where we do it. If it's watching a movie as a family together, then that's where it is. Uh, most of the discipleship conversations with my daughter happen to and from where I drive her to a place where she's serving in the church and we're debriefing something or we're debriefing because to sit down across from each other over coffee and say, so how is discipleship going? She's like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. how, how are you integrating Jesus? You're like, what do you think of those friends? What do you think they need? Oh, then, then you know, blah, 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 blah. She might say something. Um, and so I think for me, what it looks like is I don't, I, I don't tend, I, I'm intentional, but what I'm intentional in doing is spotting the moments. I'm not intentional in creating a program or a schedule. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like a salesman and a marketing pitch. A good salesman and a marketing pitch will ask a lot of questions. And when they see an opportunity, they'll go, oh, by the way, I've got something that may provide a solution to you there. Right. So a bad salesman will ignore the context and give you a pitch and go, you're trying to sell me a chemical? I'm an accountant. I don't need chemicals. Right. Uh, and, and so discipleship means I do a lot of listening to people. Yep. I ask their stories. Um, it gets harder and harder the longer you are in full-time ministry. It gets harder and harder to maintain uh, relationships with those who are not normally in your circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, like I just notice ebbs and flows of it, sometimes there's an opportunity as I'm going, oh, I could do this. Then sometimes the schedule does not allow for it. Mm. Sometimes I've poured time into people and then they move. And I always wonder, Jesus, what did you do there? Well, <laughs> but because I think Jesus has got a much larger plan. That might have been more planting. That might have been more watering. But I'm, I'm not going to see the fruit of that right now. So that, that's why I think it's an as you go. If, if you get too much caught into the, I have to plant, I have to water, like to go back to our original metaphor, Steve. Yeah. I have to, I am a sheep, so I'm, I'm reproducing my own disciples, but then I'm also shepherding. Yep. Yep. And so 
if I'm busy shepherding and I get caught up in that, I go, wait a second, I'm also a sheep, so where are my friends? I don't have any. I better make some. What, do I, what am I doing at this stage in life, right? As you yeah. grow, get old, I'm, you and I are starting to hit that empty nester stage. Yeah, I've, got a different, I've got a different schedule than I used to. Yep. I can, I can get involved in something different than I used to. Yep. So I would not encourage a person with a young family to do what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But, but it would be like, where do you work? What kind of conversations can you have at work? Some, com- some work places, they don't allow for conversations. So yeah. don't force it there. Yeah. Some are like, all, this, all the conversation we have is after work. So for me, in, every, in my work life, in my family life, in my ministry life, I would say, I am intentional about looking for opportunities and they're always there. They're yeah. always there. So they're always there. Yeah, exactly. And and what you you said something there that made me think of the so the last uh, interview I did with the guy Tim Weeb, he's uh he's the chaplain for all of Alberta uh, uh Hockey Ministries International. So okay. he's the, he's the head guy, but he's up in Edmonton. So a couple hours away from you. Uh but it's just he came across with the urgency of you never know when that person is going to move away. Like in his context, he never knows when the player is going to get traded right. or whatever, like whatever circumstances might take them away. And then there is this reality that, you know, as a chaplain, uh, he would lose, he loses people kind of at, you know, they turn 20, they're done playing in his, on his teams. They move on to the next level. They go away to school, whatever it is they're going to do. Uh, but you mentioned something there just saying, right. People move away and, that concept of discipleship as you go, not programmatic, but very organic and relational. All right. Mm-hmm. You're seizing those minutes, uh, those moments. It just, it helps to understand the urgency. I think that we oftentimes miss in discipleship, right? We've got yeah. these brief moments that we have to train ourselves to see and grab hold of. And I mean, if you've got kids, you you have moments, like you said, to grab those those teaching moments with your kids uh those moments where i mean i don't know but for you but for me in marriage most of the time it's moments where i realize oh man my discipleship is lacking because i didn't respond right or the other way um but just that underlying sense of urgency like we're supposed to be about the kingdom and, and building christ's kingdom and this is how we do it is we seize these moments and just you know squeeze as much Jesus into the, into the, into this, that, that atmosphere in that moment where we have that teaching opportunity as often as we can. So you would be a, you would be a, uh, a church, uh, you know, pastor, planter, coach, mentor guy that would tell people, uh, err on the side of relational much more than program is what I'm hearing. And it's yeah, much more, much more organic than scheduled. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like let's have a meeting every Monday and talk about all the spots you fell apart. You would rather watch and interact with people as you're doing life, right? Yeah, and I think like I'm pro. I'm I'm allergic to programs, and it's not necessarily <laughs> a good thing. But I would say I've I've noticed and I've learned to understand and respect for it, no matter how you. Some people are like I'm so I'm I'm not really programmatic, but they are routine. Yeah. And so I, I wouldn't say there's there's program there's programmatic discipleship, but there is routine discipleship. Yeah. So a, a guy's group that meets every two weeks, there's a routine there, 
where discipleship is intensified and really happens because that's where you're discussing things in life. But it's not the only thing, but it is a routine. It is a regular instance. So, So I'm not against like, that's, this is how I see programs working, is that they provide some of the routines that are necessary. Yeah, yeah. So you say, well, we need a program for discipleship. No, you just need an excuse to make you routinely meet regularly. Yeah, yeah. And right? some people so, are really good at that on their own, and some people need people that. Re- that's right. Yeah, and some okay. people don't, they don't even realize this is possible. So I'll give you an example from the life of Jesus. Did he have a program? Yes and no. Here's the no. Nobody had a duplicated Jesus's program, except for the fact that road trips seemed to be a routine that was built in. Yeah, and he, and half of the new half of the gospels are conversations that happen on a road trip. Yeah, yeah. So it was almost like Jesus was like, "We're going to travel from town to town. You're going to think we're just traveling, and we have nothing else to do." I've got a bunch of stuff I've got to debrief with you that's going to require some time away from people. Perfect. I'll invent traveling so that this becomes a natural routine uh, whereby I, we do discipleship. So that's why I say with my daughter, like, what's my, what's my intentional with my daughter? I drive her places. Yeah. Yep. And I live near a train station. We could take a train station. You know what? Those conversations aren't the same taking the train because there's too much outside yeah when we drive somewhere it's a controlled environment for half an hour she can't do anything about it and she can't go anywhere yeah yeah and she's two feet away <laughs> i'm like perfect this is kind of what you want so i would say to parents are you having trouble discipling your kid drive them somewhere yeah yeah get them involved in something that's far away, so you have to spend 45 minutes in the vehicle each way. And I'm telling you, you're going to have opportunity for discussion. Yeah, It might yeah. not mean you have discussion, but you're going to have the opportunity, yeah, the exactly. routine. That's what I've, I'm noticing. So our youngest has gone to college. Our oldest is actually getting married this week. Uh, he's out on mm-hmm. his own, in his own place. Our, our middle child is here, but, you know, living in the house with us, but working full time. And we're starting to notice um, as as parents, when they're home, we feel this urgency to like get in their lives because we went from having them 24 seven to, well, two of them don't, aren't here at all, except for, you know, the odd meal here and there and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that, that grabbing and seizing those moments and then intentionally trying to build those in, but it's even more than that, right? Like you go into a hockey game, baseball game, football game, whatever with a, with a buddy, pick them up and drive them it's it's that travel bit um it's one of the things i've been thinking about a lot lately as we you know in our church we're preaching through the psalms of ascent which were the psalms uh recited sung talked about as they went in and out of jerusalem for the festivals um and that was that ebb and flow that's that routine where they would you know we got to go on a road trip like we're well okay well you know, these are the things that are going to remind us along the way. Here's these 15 psalms that remember, remind us to put our eyes on Christ, put it, well, God at, for them, Christ for us, this side of the cross, but it put our eyes in the right place and leave them there, right? Don't, yep. don't get distracted. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. Like, and, and, you know, this is where I put our Sunday morning gathering. So my daughter serves on, on Sundays in the church, and so she drives home with me. 
How, how did it go? What did you teach? What did you yeah. learn? Right? Yeah. What do you notice? Um, those kind of things. It's more, discipleship seems to be more about intentionally asking questions because you have them ready to go than it yeah. does having any answers. Like, I don't need to have a lot of answers. Because um, eventually, if they're human beings, they usually go, well, well what do you think? Yeah. Well, what do you yeah. think I should do? And that that's that's a moment where it's like, pretty much every Christian who's interested in discipleship is just waiting for a, what do you think? Oh, I can tell, like, like I said, discipleship, you ask me, what do you think, Trev? I got lots of things that I can say, yeah. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't just blurt it out to anyone unless they were actually interested in knowing. And so <clears throat> I, I think that's uh, most of the people, most of the work that we like the cleanup is clearing out all of the, the stuff that really you don't have to worry too much about, like, oh, do I need a big program here, a big program there? It could help, I suppose. I'm not against it. But what, what would be better is if just parents and friends were just, they were just waiting, yeah. you know, for, for an opportunity. Yeah. Well, in those programs, right, it's uh, you get a bunch of people in a room listening to one person not a bunch of people in a room talking to each other, right? You, you lose all of those small, small conversations, you know, small, not as in, in small and not important, but small as in one-on-one -on -one, group of three, like instead of, you know, 10, 20, 30, however many you've got listening to one person or watching one video for an hour. And then you've got like 15 minutes of conversation where really not that many people talk and process where right. flip that around to talking about life, you get, you get a much more, you know, interactive, you know, iron sharpening iron. The rub, the rub is so much more. And you, there's a lot of times where I don't realize I've been doing discipleship, but I have because they're learning from me by the way I've been doing things. So one of the cool things was I was debriefing with a guy and uh, I lead a, Bible, a couple Bible studies and I alternate them on Wednesdays. And so I'm trying to hand off the one to this guy. So I want him to observe me. I'm asking him, observe me. What am I doing that you think is reproducible? What do you find helpful? Blah, blah, blah. So one day he said, I love the way you discipled this guy in the group. And I was like, I did. And he goes, oh, yeah, I watched you. I watched how you discipled him in a group setting. So I'm like... So I discipled someone, but then I was discipling the other guy by how I was discipling someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. I never realized that, that that's an important aspect, that this is why you do things together is some people need, like they need, you're discipling them and then others you're equipping them. Yeah, well, and, and if you just think, you know, you mentioned the Gospels and always on the road. I mean, how many times were the disciples learning as Jesus dealt with the Pharisees and, you know, right. the, and the crowd and the disciples and, and there is that multiple layers. And then you get that little sidebar at the end where I was like, okay, I, I get you don't understand what I just taught them. This is what it means. That's <laughs> right. And there's that <laughs> step. So, no, that's, I yeah, that's great phenomenal you're clearly you're clearly doing a good job with with uh that mentor mentee relationship when he's picking up on what you're doing in the middle of he's what, pretty sharp you know else right so no but that's 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 what it's about it's like that's what it's you about. know watch me go and come do likewise right so right? so back full circle is um my daughter watches how i disciple men 
Yeah. Right? My, my oldest daughter brings her friend, brought, brought her friends home, and then I end up doing some discipleship with them. She's watching this go on, learning how to do discipleship from the way I'm discipling. And, and so that's what I mean. When, when you start getting that kind of vision of discipleship, it's actually not that difficult to come up with kind of this holistic idea of discipleship, Steve. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And, and I'm not saying I have the answers. I'm saying oh. there, there's there's some simplicity to this that I just I just wish I just wish more people knew and understood. But yeah, and that's why we wanted. I guess that's why I wanted to do this interview format with a variety of people because I think there's so much confusion as to what discipleship is and what it looks like and how it functions. It's good to hear multiple voices. Mm-hmm. You know take cracks at it and through um, about one final question and, and the magical timer on the zoom is saying we got a, a whole eight and a half minutes, but uh, you just said uh, you kind of framed yourself up, but what is that? If you could yeah. give one thing to everybody in their brain about discipleship and it was just going to get locked in and stay there and it was going to be bedrock for them, what would you want them to know? Yeah, I, that's a really good question. Um the there's there's many things but one of the main things would be that distinction between um if if we depended on our shepherd leaders a lot less to be our disciplers mm-hmm. and we understood a lot more like we're the ones who are going to have to do this yeah we're the ones who are going to have to disciple um, and I wish everyone knew that because what I found, Steve, is that um, one of the reasons why we're not growing as Christians very well is we're not discipling. Yep. So in some ways, I, I feel like this is ripped off of like Jeff Vanderstelt somewhere back in the day. But it, there's there's a couple different ways to get in the in shape. You can you can get in shape by just being disciplined and working out or you can just sign up for a marathon yeah Yeah. and if you sign up for a marathon you do two things you you get to be in a race but you also uh, get in shape but the first one you just you get really good at being in shape which doesn't interest me at all right by the way and i think we do too much of that as a church we just worry too much about getting in shape and not enough about just enter a race and you'll have to you'll have to do this. So one of the one of the things I noticed is that when my daughter's actively involved in serving, then she has a need to be discipled, and she'll so she asks the right questions. Right. We've gone out the other way. Most people would say she needs a good youth group. She would prefer to serve as opposed to youth group because she says I learn and I'm discipled better when I have to serve, because I have to know what I'm talking about. And I was like, it really struck me that I wish people knew that this is the better way. Yeah. The better way to grow as a Christian is to start discipling someone, and then you have to grow or you can't disciple someone. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. It's like you just, you're, you're, you have no ability at all to yep. disciple someone if you're not growing. Yeah. But it's the same, same, like you get asked all the time, like, I don't know how to share my faith. How do, how can I learn how to share my faith? Go do it. Like as soon as you go share, 
you got to verbalize what you actually believe and, and totally. out there, then you're going to learn how to share your faith. You're going to get better at it. Whereas, you know, same thing with discipleship. When you put yourself in a spot to serve and, and you know, cognitively work through the reality of what you've just done or didn't do, totally. you're learning, you're growing and, and processing through. No, that's fantastic. That's good stuff. Yeah. And, and like, I think people, they, they think it's going to work the other way around. And it just isn't. Yeah. It just it just isn't. It just, just doesn't work that way. It's like God rigged this from the very beginning to be <laughs> like this so that, well, and I had a guy who's like, I, I need to find a really good church because I'm not really growing. And I'm like, you just need to grab three guys and disciple them. And then you'll have to find a good church. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And if, they, and if whatever church you're a part of isn't equipping you, then you'll have to figure it out. Yeah. Like you... And uh, he didn't really love the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, right, we think we're an exception, but that's, that's kind of the main thing I think I, I wish people knew. Yeah. They're really, they're, we have a genius for a God. We don't just have a, oh, yeah. a su- superior savior. We don't just have a king. We have someone who's an absolute genius in designing his systems and his, like his, his way of running his kingdom really is very well thought out. Oh yeah, no, it's that's fantastic, man. This was uh, this is a good conversation. Um, I'm I'm excited for my wife to get your wife and have the same kind of a conversation, and then we'll put the two side by side and see how it works out uh, for the two of you guys. Uh, we appreciate uh, uh, you you and your wife and your family. Um, love Great. love bumping into you as we do, even though we live. Uh, you know, hours apart, it is always a good thing. So thanks for coming on. And for you listeners, uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you want to get connected with Trevor, uh, he is in Calgary. His name is Trevor Rissavi. And uh, if you want to have more conversation or find him, um, you can always drop us a line and I'll get you connected to Trevor. Uh, we appreciate him. And we hope that this has been something that has uh, helped you guys sort out discipleship. So until next time.